The scripture for today is Matthew 13, 54 through 58. He came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue, so that they were astounded and said, Where did this man get the wisdom and these deeds of power? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their own hometown and in their own house. And he did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. I'm like, uh, I'm like 12, and I'm in, how old are you? What grade are you in when you're in 12, when you're, when you're 12 years old? Seventh grade? It was, um, we called it junior high back then, uh, which is the right thing to call it. But it's, um, we, there was a girl that I was, it was, the first time I ever just fell in love. Her name was Jennifer. And she, uh, she was, uh, you know, like, we were all like, you know, two feet tall. They grew, I didn't. But um, she had glasses, you know, really big glasses. It was like the early 80s, 70s, something like that. And we, in, we had our first dance that I ever had, junior high dance. You know, we never had dances in, in grade school or anything like that, so it, we had this, this dance. And we heard, you know, from some of the people that had older siblings that you're supposed to ask people out and all this kind of stuff, you know, and I remember it vividly. We were at uh, lunch, and I was on one end of the lunchroom, and she was over there, just way over there on the other end of the lunchroom, and I was so nervous so, so nervous that I actually asked a friend. You know how you do that? You ask a friend to ask them for you. I said, hey, could you, uh, you know, could you go, uh, this is my friend uh, Paul. I said, can you, can you go ask Jennifer if she'll come to the dance with me? And so he said, what? whatever. And so he starts, you know, walking, and I'm over there, and it's just, it just seems like a long ways away. You know, there's, there's noise and everything, and see him walk over to that other side there, and from such a great distance, I see him say something to her, and then I hear, no way! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's rejection. That's, yeah, <laughs> feel bad for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to Jennifer, but... Uh, she missed all this. <laughs> so, <laughs> why does that get the biggest laugh? I mean, come on. <laughs> She's watching online. You know, I think about every one of us has had some moment, I, I think it's fair to say, where. It didn't go our way, where we were turned down. We didn't get what we wanted. But I can't help but think about Jesus. We don't know too much about Jesus' childhood. We know something about a, a time in a, in a synagogue in 12, and then there's, there's, um, there's traditions, but there's not really anything uh, truly uh, canonized, I guess that you would say. But Jesus, I, you know, one thing we do know is that he was uh, raised in a home of a carpenter, and a carpenter at the time, the, the uh, translation kind of actually means uh, a person that worked with their hands. So it's somebody that would, uh, 
really be the, the kind of go-to guy for all of the stuff, you know. And it was tradition at those times that the uh, son would, you know, learn the trade, and they would just pass on the trade. And so I can picture Jesus in this town of Nazareth, learning the skills, learning how to work with his hands, and, and seeing things around him. One of the things he sees around him is political unrest. Uh, they were in a very poor community, a community that uh, actually, for, for many years, a lot of people didn't even realize that it was kind of thought that Nazareth may not have even existed, and then they found out that it did. But it was so insignificant at the time, it just kind of disappeared. It was just one of those old, you know, small towns, uh, you know, like Waverly, where I grew up. <laughs> That's for the people at home. That's, yeah, take that, Jennifer. But, um, the, yeah, I'm in Lincoln now. So, <laughs> but you know, the, Jesus learning all this stuff and, and seeing people, you know, the, the people working with their hands and everything like that. It, it was it was a, a worthwhile job, but it wasn't a, a high praise job or anything like that. And I, you know, you wonder what it was like for him when he was about, you know, uh, twelve, when he was in junior high. You know, I. I I bet he was prom king, but, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's, that's, that's from the stand-up routine I did back in the 80s, and it was funny then, and it's funny now, so <laughs> it's, um, but you think about this stuff, you know, him, him working in the hometown and everything like that, and then you think of his life going on, learning more about, um, the, the Old Testament, the Torah, the, the, the you know, uh, learning uh, the, the, the things. You know, we, we have to keep in mind that, that, that uh, you know, for me, I believe that, that Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit, they're, they're all the same thing. But I also believe that Jesus had human qualities. That was, the, that was the whole point. So he felt what we felt. You know, he felt the emotions that we felt. He felt, you know, if he, if he pricked his finger, it hurt. He, he felt those things. And so even learning, he learned things. He learned how to read. He learned, he wasn't just, you know, this alien that just landed on and just had all everything. I don't, I don't know if he had the, um, uh, everything completely, he wasn't a written book. I think there were things that it was purposeful for him to go through a childhood. That's why he was born a child. He learned about family units. He learned about friendships. He learned about all of those kind of things. And then his life takes this, turn where he is baptized in his 30s, and he is now set. It is time. He learns at a wedding that it is now, it's time for him to reveal himself to the world. And so he goes and he starts preaching and he starts talking to people. He starts meeting people exactly where they live. He, he starts sharing meals with people. He starts feeding people. He starts healing people. He, he's doing this wonderful stuff outside of his hometown. He leaves his hometown and he starts to do this stuff and people are just ecstatic about it. He's a big hit in his, in his, in, in, in the, in his travels and in his walks and he gathers his disciples and he's with them and everything. And people are really digging what this guy's doing. I mean, the religious leaders have a problem with it, but, you know, we should always question authority because, you know, that's something that when, when they're questioned, but he's, he's meeting where he's supposed to be, and that is the people, the everyday people, the people that were like him when he was a child, the people that worked with their hands, the people that were from insignificant communities, the people that felt insignificant themselves. He knew what that was like. 
and he was with them, and he was winning them over. And somebody said, you know, I think it's time to go to your hometown. And so he gets his disciples and everything, and as they're walking, what do you think is going through his mind? Again, we, Jesus had feelings. You know, you feel things. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're mad, sometimes we're sad. Christ felt those things. So on the way to his hometown, was he thinking, was he nervous? Was he excited to see things? Was he wondering if the Dairy Queen was still there? <laughs> I love their slushies. Was he thinking, I wonder if, you know, so-and-so is still there? I wonder if my friend from junior high is still there. And he goes in, and he goes into the place of, of worship. Every small town does have a place of worship, don't they? And it could have been one that he actually attended as a child. The church, synagogue, whatever you want to call it. Place where he and his father and his mother and his sisters and brothers went to. It might have been the place where he first heard some of the things of like the Old Testament and some of the stories. And he gets there in front of this people and he sees, I'm sure, familiar faces. I'm sure he sees people that he grew up with. I'm sure he sees people that were, you know, older than him. Teachers. People that ran their own businesses. And he's looking out and he's feeling, what? Hmm? Taller? What'd you say? Stronger? Stronger. He might. He might be feeling stronger. Yes. Well done, my young child. <laughs> he might be feeling, I have a story here to tell. I have something to share with people. I have wisdom. I have... It's, it's, it's time to reveal myself. And he does. He tells them everything. He tells them the good news. He starts to, tr to preach things, things that they had not in this place of worship ever heard before. Things with authority, things with re revolutionary. And you would think that in the, in the audience, there'd be people like, you know, you know, I taught him in shop class, that guy, you know, he's doing pretty good now. People that were proud of him, you know, mother, sisters, brothers, the hero came home. But it wasn't like that. Instead, they looked at him and said, who's this guy? Isn't this the guy that was Joseph's son that worked with his hands? You know, he wasn't really good at it. He wasn't a good carpenter. You know, everything he made turned out to be an ashtray. Just he wouldn't, you know. Isn't this the guy that is this... We've seen him as a child running around. We saw him playing in school. We saw him being disruptive. We saw him being obnoxious. We saw him just being a kid, a regular person. So, where's he getting all this? 
And instead of saying, where is he getting all this and stopping there, instead of saying, something's happened, he has gained knowledge, he's gained wisdom, he knows some things. Instead of saying that, they looked at him and said, this guy's nothing. Why would we take, why would we take anything that he is saying seriously when he himself is not anything? Why would we do that? We have pronounced him just this obnoxious kid that used to come around here. How dare he think that he can come here and share anything to us about anything? What do you think Jesus felt then? Oh, I didn't know this Q&A. Yes. Felt like he was what? Stronger? I think he might have felt a little sad. Do you think he felt sad? If he was there to tell people something and they just kind of turned their backs on him? I think he'd feel sad. We always talk about Jesus, you know, being strong and powerful and all this stuff. But do we ever feel... Do we ever remind ourselves that he felt what we felt? He had something to say. And his own hometown wouldn't listen. Because they labeled him as something insignificant. When I was in grade school, every day there was a route that people would take, the kids, to get to the school that lived in my neighborhood, and there was a street that we would pass. And every time that the kids would pass this certain house, there was a girl there who would stand in front of, on her front porch and wave to people as her brother would join the other kids and walk to school. She didn't, she didn't walk to school with them. And she would sit there on the front porch and wave at everybody that walked by. And every one of the grade school kids that walked by, they would tease her and they would make fun of her. Every time. The brother, even through peer pressure as a young kid, would also giggle as the other kids were making fun of his sister. She had Down syndrome. She didn't, in that small town, didn't go to the public school. Uh, she went somewhere else. I, I don't know where. But every morning, she would step out on the front porch in her hometown and wave a greeting to everybody that went by. And because she had Down syndrome, nobody took it seriously. 
Every kid made fun of her. They made faces. They mocked her. They would say things to her that they never even gave her a chance to respond. They'd ask her questions, derogatory questions, mean. Kids can be really, really mean. But because she was a person that was considered different, nobody ever took her seriously. And all she wanted to do was wave high. I know that story because I was one of those kids. Nearly every day as we walked by, me and my friends, we made fun of her. because she was not like us. I don't know where she's at now. I wish her well. I don't know where the entire family is now. But I'll always be haunted by, that is added to the number of things in my life, and it's a big list of things that I really wish I could do over. Because I imagine if I, in that moment, my, my childhood wasn't perfect. My childhood it sometimes was quite tragic. But imagine if walking to school, I accepted her greeting. Imagine if I, every day walking to school, a kid that had a confusion and fear and all of that stuff, turned to see somebody with a very spiritual and holy message of just hello. She, she might have known somehow that what the children needed as they walked by was for someone to say, I recognize you. I greet you. You matter. But because of who she was, I wouldn't even hear her. How many people in our world today do we not give a voice to merely because of the way that we have labeled them. How many people do we do that? We might not be walking the street and, and bullying and making fun of, but there are people in this world that we do not give credence to. We do not give the time of day either by their status, by their race, by their uh, political views, whatever the case may be. We write people off so quickly in our world. You know, I've said this before. You know, they say it takes six seconds before you've made your mind up, mind up about somebody. Six seconds. That's about as long as it takes to stand on a front porch and wave hello. 
I regret that story. I regret that very, very much. Not just because of the cruelty that I uh, was part of. Not just because that I ignored somebody. That I discounted somebody. But also selfishly. Because I could have used that greeting every day. A smile and a wave could have been a game changer for me in many ways. But I ignored it. I missed it. My prayer is, is that we give everyone a chance beyond six seconds to have a voice. To say who they are. To spend time with them and to celebrate the gifts that each one of them have. I pray that we do that. I pray that we love, truly love our neighbor. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, let us not just walk by people in our life. Let us not ignore people. Let us not discount people. Let us not judge people. Let us open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds to celebrate the people around us, to hear them, to give voice to them. And if there are people that are not having a voice, let us advocate for them. Let us be truly your disciples. Let us truly love God. Let us truly love ourselves. And let us truly love our neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one thing that I, I, I do believe God works even when we uh, make mistakes in our lives. And one of the things that I find myself doing in my adult time is I say hello a lot to people at the store, to strangers, uh, to people walking by, I, I, I say hi a lot. And I really think that even though, even though I didn't see it at the time, I really feel that that sister was the influence for that. God still used her to influence and to touch my life even though I didn't see it at the time, even though I had to be in my 30s before I realized it. I do believe that whenever you and I meet anybody, whenever there's two people, I do believe that the space between us is holy ground. I do believe that we have the choice to use that space as something holy, as something spiritual, meaning that we, we, we speak and we listen, we learn, we grow something out of it. Unfortunately, we also have the choice to just completely ignore it and let it walk by. I love seeing all, all of us here today, and I hope that we continue to tell our friends so that nobody ever walks this earth feeling that they are not heard. Let's give voice to everyone. Let's give voice to God, and let's give voice to love.